0: So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Thank you for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. We're calling this
1: a radio podcast, a cool hybrid of talk radio and music. Real leaders, real talk. Incredible stories. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier. My name's Sam Collier, and I am here right now with a general. Um, I don't know when I was with Bishop Jakes. I don't know what meeting I was in. I don't know if I was watching on TV, but he said something like this. He said, I'm concerned about the future of the church because I don't know that we have anyone that's ready to carry it forward. This was maybe about five or ten years ago. I think um, with you, we've got some people that are ready to carry it forward. This is a man that, I mean, to to many, don't need any introduction. Hollywood producer. um, Spoken at Harvard. Right? (laughs) Movies all around the world. I was on Instagram last night. Right on. Thank (laughs) you. Okay, cool. Did you research? Yeah, you you, you balance the world of faith. And mainstream culture, and I mean, you've been with the likes of Will Smith, married to Making Good, who's now Making Franklin. I mean, making Good Franklin. Okay, boom, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you're incredible. Devon Thank Franklin, you. ladies and Thank gentlemen.
2: You. Thank you, is in
1: the building. How are you? I'm man? good, man. Thanks, it thanks is for having such me. Such. Appreciate an you. Honor. It's good to see you, man. I love
2: the shoes. Hey, you, know, there?
1: Little something, something, right. you know. little something, you
2: know, a little fair guy, hey. whole, why not? <laughs> hey, why not, man? I'm not Wendy Williams, but I'd say, you know, shoe cam. Shoe cam. I don't cam. have, I don't shoe have no shoe cam. I
1: don't have <laughs> shoe Yeah, yeah, you know. Listen, before we jump in, we kick off the show every time with the song. Okay. What's
2: one of your favorite songs right now. Whew. Man. All right. So, so in terms of song in the spirit. Okay. Give me uh, that. Right now, Kirk Franklin, Love Theory. Ooh, you know, that's a good love song. That. It's a that's good song. A, good song. a good song. Yeah. In terms of song in that. the world. <laughs> you know. Hey, we both, both got both. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drake, Money in the Grave. Ooh. Man. Nice. Man. I can't play Drake man i will listen to after this but i'm gonna
1: play kirk franklin we'll be back brothers and sisters
0: i want to welcome you back to life back to the one that can make your next chapter your best chapter hallelujah how can it be that you love the most? No. Oh. a mystery. It's amazing how your patience with me, God will never leave. You don't give up on me. So heavily. Help me. Help me to see like you. Like you. No matter what I go through. Hey. Everything's working for my good or way. Let me tell you what it he does. He's all over. I don't want to love nobody but you. you. I want to love nobody but you. That's right. I don't want to love nobody, love uh, nobody uh, but you. Yes, and the church saying, come on. Loving you will be. <laughs> Jesus loving you. Will be the death of me. <laughs> it sounds
2: crazy, don't it?
0: Hey. That's how it's supposed to be. Let me tell you what it means. That's why I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody, love nobody but you. I really mean it this time. I don't wanna love nobody but you Jesus. I don't wanna love nobody but you <laughs> I don't wanna love nobody, love nobody but you Let me tell you what it goes today.
1: So bookstores are not what they used to be. Right. But when they were kind of on the tail end of the whole book thing, right before Barnes and Nobles and all these. Which Barnes, I think, still has some books. I was walking through one. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of walking around. They had a Starbucks here and stuff over there. And I was just walking down different aisles. And I was looking for books that I might be interested in. And I looked up. And at the top of this one case, there was this man. And I don't know if it was a yellow cover. It was your first book. Oh yeah, it was a white cover. Yep. Produced Wh- by Faith. Produced by Faith. I said, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who's this brother? I said, Who's? I said, I was all picked it up. I said, Devon Franklin, huh? And I just put it back. Deep. Uh, a year goes by and over that year, your name starts popping up everywhere. Your face starts popping up. It was before you was married to Matt. It yeah. was just, yeah. I said, who is this man? <laughs> and now you can't go anywhere without hearing about Devon Franklin. Wow. It's, I mean, it's insane. I am. Um, I'm really close with uh, the daughter of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. Bernice King. Yeah. And she texted me right before uh, you came in and she said, I love that panel they just did. I guess it's streaming here at oh. the gathering. Oh, really? And she said, I love Devon Franklin. Wow. I love what he's doing. That's amazing. You're a household name, man. Wow, man, that's incredible. Um, But we know it didn't start where you are now. Nope, no, it didn't. We say around here that when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story.
2: Amen, I love that. So we
1: try to have people on the show that are living in that greater story that you take us from little (laughs) Devon.
2: Up to oh, man, how did Lord have mercy. How much time you got? You know what I mean? <laughs> Let me make you some tea, you know. Um, man, you know, I mean, uh, I'm from Northern California. Yeah. You know, from Oakland, uh, from the Bay, middle child of three boys. Mm. And, um, you know, growing up, I mean, one of the things that was interesting is as a middle child, I think, most middle children are kind of fighting for their place. Hmm. The older one, oh, you know, he's the oldest, and the younger one, oh, that's the baby the middle child, just, you know, we were just kind of left right. to figure it out. out. Um, so growing up, I mean, you know, I I, um, I had like a temper, I was, you know, just always figured trying a to, temper? Oh, yeah, wow. bad, bad, <laughs> oh, it was bad. Um, and I knew that I either wanted to go into entertainment or to play football. Hmm. And so that was, those were my two passions from as young as I can remember. I mean, I used to watch, you know, a lot of television. I used to watch music videos. I used to watch. I mean, I used to watch football and would wear a football helmet while watching football. Oh. Like that's, that's how much <laughs> I was, was into. It. I was into it. Um, and then, so, so a couple of things interesting happened. You know, when I was nine years old, my father died. Yeah. Uh, he was thirty six. He died of a heart attack. Mm. And um, that same year that my father died, uh, my uncle, who was a minister in the Adventist faith, mm. he started an independent ministry. Same year. Mm. And so, church really gave me an outlet to process my father's death not just spiritually, but Mm. practically like, so church is where I learned how to serve. You know, I had something positive, you know, I would get there early, help open the church. I work with the elders and the deacons, clean up the church, set up for what we're going to do. We used to have dinner after church. I would go downstairs, put up the tables and chairs, break them down. So church really gave me a positive thing to kind of figure out who I wanted to be relative to the grief that I was having losing my dad. Mm. So, I still was not sure if I wanted to go into entertainment, but entertainment also was very helpful. I would watch movies like Color Purple, Back to the Future Rocky. These films would really inspire me and gave me hope. Yeah. And so freshman year of high school, I still was vacillating between, do I go to entertainment or do I you know, pursue this career in football? I tried out for the football team. The first scrimmage, I get hurt. No. And I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> okay, Hollywood okay. it is. And so from that moment... To this, I never looked back and so people wanted me to you know say, oh people were saying as a Christian you can't go to Hollywood, you can't keep your faith And my response to that was, well, how do you know? Mm. How do you know? You know you don't know. So I said, you just pray for me. Mm. So at 18 years old, I went to University of Southern California, uh, majored in business minor in film, and the way I got my foot in the door was uh, junior year in high school mm-hmm. I instead of playing basketball because I was playing basketball as you know after school sport, um, yeah. I got a car. Yeah. And so I had to pay for the car insurance, so I had yeah. to get a job. So I started a job, after school job, junior year of high school. The executive director of that nonprofit where I worked, yeah. he was college roommates with a very prominent screenwriter at the time, the screenwriter that wrote Set It Off. Mm. So when I'm in my freshman year at USC, yeah. I meet with that screenwriter, his name was Takashi Buford. Nice. Takashi was like, You should get an internship at this company called Handprint. I said, Well, what's Handprint? He said, The management company for Will Smith. I said, Really? Wow. So I put in my resume. They invite me in for an interview. I go in for the interview and, you know, hit it off. And the lady who was interviewing me, she said, why do you want to be in entertainment? Mm. And I told her, I said, because I want to make change. Mm. I said, I believe entertainment is the most powerful medium in the world. That's why I want to be a part of it. My desire to be in entertainment never had anything to do with money, prominence, fame, nothing. Mm. It just was, I knew that it helped me deal with the the grief of my father. And I felt like I could use it in a positive way to help others. At the end of the interview, she also said, what else do you want me to know? Now, as a Christian, I was raised observing the Sabbath. Hmm. So Friday night, sundown, Saturday night, sundown, I wouldn't go to school games, dances, that kind of thing. So in that moment when she says, what else do you want me to know? I felt compelled to tell her about the Sabbath. Hmm. So I tell her, I don't work. Friday night, sundown, Saturday night, sundown. If this internship would require me to work during that period of time, I won't take the internship. Hmm. So what I didn't know at the time was I was letting people know my faith was important. Mm-hmm. i didn't think about it that way i was yeah, just saying this is an yeah. important because i don't want to compromise right and so she said okay don't worry we can work around it mm. i did that internship for four years when i graduated i became an assistant at will's company uh, i did that for two years i left i became a, a junior executive at a production company mm. for a year and a half and then i went to mgm the studio behind you know the james bond oh yeah, franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh, so i was yeah. a yeah i was a young executive there was there for a year and a half and then mgm got sold to sony pictures entertainment along with some other uh, equity investors. As part of that deal, myself and one other executive made the transition to Sony Pictures, and we were executives there. So I worked on everything from Pursuit of Happiness to (laughs) The Karate Kid to uh, Jumping the Broom, Not Easily Broken, Sparkle. That's how I got to know Bishop Jakes was through my relationship with Sony. Hmm. Um, 2014 comes out. I oversee a movie called Heaven is for Real. The movie makes $30 million in the first five days. (laughs) Two days after opening weekend, I go in uh, to the chairman of Sony, and I quit. And I told her, I said, hey, I've been making all these movies for you all and creating this value that I can't participate in. Now it's time for me to quit and I want to start my own company. And I didn't say I want to, I said, I'm starting my own company. I want you to give me a deal. Mm. And she said, okay. And I started Franklin entertainment, you know, uh, in pretty much, the, it was like pretty much the fall of 2014, beginning of 2015. First movie was uh Miracles from heaven. Second movie was um, the star. Third mm. movie was breakthrough, which just came out. Mm. And along the way I, I've been writing. So I wrote, Produced by Faith, I wrote The Weight with uh, with Megan, um, my wife. For those who don't know, uh, New I wrote York The Hollywood. Times yep, New York Times bestseller. Yep. Um, I wrote The Hollywood Commandments, and then recently The Truth About Men. So that's the journey, really, from a personal standpoint, was just not allowing anyone else to direct my story, mm. and continuously <laughs> believing in the vision that God was giving me. And the only way I knew yeah. that it was Him is I had to have faith to go after it Gosh. and get confirmation. So you know that's what i'm always seeking confirmation god i think this is you but i'll never know unless i step in that direction Mm. and sometimes i've stepped in a direction okay that wasn't you okay cool i'll step back i step in another direction oh that is you too often i think we're afraid especially as people fake we're too we're too afraid we're Mm. too afraid to listen to what we to 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 follow what we hear and to go after what we see here too often we're like well i'm not sure or i'm you know well what's going to happen well the worst that happens is you figure out that wasn't what god was doing okay Move in the other direction, but don't not move. Mm. And that is what I try to live by. And I think that's why, you know, when you say, hey, I'm everywhere, it's just because I don't put any limits on myself. Mm. Some people may know me as a preacher. Some people may know me as a producer. Some people may know me as an author. Some people may know me as Megan's husband. I don't. it's how you know me is, is you. Mm -hmm. I know myself. And so I don't allow other people's, how they see me to, to infect, I mean, to, to influence how I see myself Mm. so that I say, hey, you know, I'm divine. I'm not Devon the producer. I'm not. I mean, people put those titles, but I'm just Devon. Yeah. Period. And I think when I do that, it allows me to do things that people don't. How do you produce and you preach? And I I don't know. Yeah. Ask God. (laughs) I'm just being me. Well, Jay Z said
1: on the Breakfast Club a long time ago. He said, "I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time." Yeah. Said we don't have that other disease because most people don't think you can. Right. How do you do that, man?
2: You know, here's how you do it. You do it, first it starts with making a decision on who you wanna be. You know, I, I think losing my father at an early age really built the determination in me that I want to become something. I want to make a mark in the world. I want to make a positive impact in this earth, hmm. period. That's mm-hmm. what I'm on a mission to do. Mm-hmm. And and knowing that, then what it does is it's like, having been in situations, you know, like when I was an executive at Sony, one of the reasons why I quit it's because I wasn't fully fulfilled. Mm. The job was only fulfilling a part of me, it wasn't filling all of me. Mm. But I didn't quit from an emotional standpoint. Right. You know, I had been at Sony for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, by the time I decided to quit my job and start my own company, I had been in entertainment for 18 years. Mm. So part of it also is being patient with the process. Mm. That, I think, especially in this generation, everybody wants it now, quick. Oh, I want, to, you know, I want a million followers, I want that. It takes time to build. And also, as you're building your career, you are being built. Mm. And I think that that whole idea of doing one thing at a time is like, okay, to walk and chew gum, Right. you have to learn how to do that. So you have to commit to the process of success. Mm. So important. You cannot just immediately say, hey, I just want to instantly grow the tree. of success. It doesn't work that way. Mm. You could have a great tree of success because of the roots mm. and the roots of the process. Mm. Commit to the process. And do not be afraid to try some stuff. You got to live mm. too often. Especially people think we don't like to live. Mm. We're afraid. Oh, what am I going to do? How am I, am I going to make a mistake? You are. Mm. That's part of your flesh. God knows that. Right. He knows <laughs> that the burden of perfection mm. is not something that's a requirement to follow him. Mm. And if that is the reality, then why do we feel like, oh my goodness, if I make a mistake, it's all over. It's not. Sometimes you learn your best lessons from making mistakes. So mm. long answer to your question, but it's through some of those things that... Uh, I practice that. Um, so here's what I see when I talk to you. Yeah.
1: I see God crafting you and breaking the mold. Amen. I love that. Um, you're extremely smart, very savvy. Um, here's my question. At some point in your life, I don't know if you realized this, maybe you did, um, at some point in your life, I'm sure you thought, I'm different.
2: When did you know you were different? Oh, man. I mean, I knew I was different, um, man, back in, you know, third or fourth grade. Take me to that moment. Yeah. What, what was the... I just was like, I'm just, it's it's hard to describe. I just, I just knew that I did not fit in hmm. completely. I could fit in a little bit. Yeah, I had, you know, a good group of friends and stuff, but... I just was like, I don't quite fit over here. I don't quite fit over there, you know. And it's just a hard—it's hard to describe. But I mm. knew that. I mm. said, okay, I'm different. And that difference followed me in middle school. Followed me into high school. Um, you know, I was—I was very well known in high school. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily say I, necessarily say I was popular. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I wasn't the—I po- mean, people knew me. Everybody knew me. I mean, I was student body president. I was, you know, president of my class and all that. But I I, just, I don't think I was like the like everyone wanted to hang out with me. It wasn't bad, yeah, because yeah. I knew that I wasn't everyone's taste. Hmm. Um, and so I think early on, understanding that actually prepared me for for my career because there are moments when it is you're like, okay, I've been in meetings. I'm like, okay, I'm not fully Hollywood. I'm not fully the church. I'm a little bit of all of it, right. And uh, that's hard. You know, <laughs> that's ain't easy. Uh, but yeah. because I've had comfortable being uncom- I've, had, I've had experience being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it's actually allowed me to, to to do it, I think, more successfully. Wow. To even now, where it's like, you know, it's very interesting to me. You know, we were talking before we started rolling, like, the opportunity to speak at Global global Leadership Summit. That's right. The opportunity to preach at Lakewood. The opportunity to speak at Essence, right? Right. So, all of these different things, the opportunity to be on over Oprah, Dr. Oz, like, that comes from owning the difference. you know. In my book, The Success Commandments, owning the difference. Uh, there's a chapter that says your difference is your destiny. Woo, and that's boy. what I had to learn. I had to learn that, that that the more I harness that difference, the more doors open. Hmm. But the moment I try to be, and I've tried that, man. I've tried it. It is the, it is the most painful thing to try to be something that others want you to be mm. that you're not. Mm. And when I did that, man, I wasn't happy. And I think that's one of the reasons why, um, what I believe in my career and life, and I think it's the same for others, is this. A lot of times we wonder why certain things aren't happening in our career. Hmm. And I believe it's because God knows if he totally allows for an increase in that area of your career, you may think that's what all you're supposed to do. Hmm. So for me, there were times that I was like, oh man, I want to become the president of production at Sony, da, 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 da. And when movies would work, and become successful, make a lot of money for the company, I wouldn't get promoted. Hmm. I would get held back. And I would say, God, what That's is what happening? Every right. times in my office, I'd be crying like, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. Wow. But what I realized is he was like being very strategic with me saying, no, because if I allowed them to promote you at the rate you wanted to be promoted, you would then put all your energy and focus into becoming the best executive you can be. Hmm. And you would miss writing the book you would miss speaking. Mm. Why did I write the, my first book produced by faith? Out of frustration. <laughs> I was frustrated. Right. Because things right. were not happening in my career at the speed I wanted. And I needed an outlet to create so that I could endure mm. the rigor of the job and just be patient with the pace. Cause I knew God had, God hadn't called me to leave at that time, right? but I was so frustrated. I was like, okay, I've got to have something in my life that I can control. Like Cause therapy. I can't control this. It was like therapy. So, if, if everything was moving in my career the way I wanted, I would have never been frustrated enough to write the first book. Hmm. And I would never discovered that, oh, I'm an author too. Hmm. I didn't know I was an author. So <laughs> I started writing. <laughs> yeah. Out of frustration. Yeah. So even with movies, you know, like, okay, my latest film, Breakthrough, like it did very well. Very well. Of course. Um, but I wanted it to do better. Hmm. And so I, I would say, okay, God, like, why would you, and it was the same thing. Because, Devon, if I let these movies right now pop off so big, you're going to devote all your attention to that. Mm. You're you're going to miss the other areas in your life I'm I'm trying to build out. So I'm going to give you enough success. Mm. I'm going to give you enough success so that it is successful because that is a part of your calling. But it's not all of it. Mm. So, you know, it's deep, man. It's (laughs) deep. It's the truth. And I I really try to help people in that area to understand that God is in it. But don't use your frustration um, you can use your frustration in a positive way. If certain things are being held back, why? What are you supposed to lean into that you otherwise wouldn't? And in, and in those moments, you really discover who you are.
1: Mm. I want to talk to you about dreams. Okay. Men, and we're done. All right. When you think about somebody like Divine Franklin. Okay. Married to Megan Good Franklin. <laughs> yes. Movies. Oprah. I mean, all the things. that It's like I don't, can I ask you how old you
2: are? Yeah, I'm 41.
1: 41?
2: Yeah. Young! Man.
1: <laughs> and you've accomplished so much. It's like you wonder, what what else can they do? I mean, so when, like, when you think about you and Megan as a, as a team, as a couple, and both of y'all are successful, what's the dream for the Franklins? Yeah. What's
2: um, the, like, yeah, yeah. big state? Yeah, I mean, I think the dream for us is to, you know, walk even fuller in our individual and collective purposes. And, uh, you know, what that looks like, I think we're still trying to see what that looks like. But Mm -hmm. part of it is... um, you know, we, we, it's like the first seven years have been, you know, us just figuring out what it's like to be married. I get
1: it. I'm three years in. Right. right. So, you get know, it. man, right. you know. <laughs> um, so it's like, man, every day you just try to figure this thing <laughs> yeah. out. I don't know. I'm trying. Right. The counselor um, becomes your best friend.
2: Totally. <clears throat> totally. Oh my gosh. Totally. totally. Yeah. So I think for us, you know, the, the dream is to walk more fully in our purpose, to impact more people and to really allow our gifts to flourish. Mm. And and to continue to have opportunities to do that, yeah, um, you, you know, and to be truthful. Mm. And that's, I think that's the goal. We never want the persona to um, disrupt the person. Yeah, and so we're really mindful of like you know staying in touch with each other, you know, talking because we don't want we're not living for the public.
1: Mm-hmm. We don't
2: mind sharing with the public, but we're not living for that. Right. Uh, we're living for purpose. We're living yeah. for God. We're living for impact. Mm-hmm. So the goal in the next, you know, the dream would be to continue to have an impact and to let that grow. Mm-hmm. So then the next seven years, we're like, whoa, we didn't even know it was going to look like this. This right. is amazing. Yeah. That's the, that's the, yeah. that's the dream.
1: Do you have any individual dreams that's like. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, she really wants to continue to, you know, build in the action space as an action hero and that's something that's very she's very passionate about. Um, you know, she really also wants to continue to, you know, grow as a brand. And uh, you know, do more branding yeah. uh, opportunities, and you know, continue to be a, a light for young women. That's something that's really yeah. she's really passionate about. And um, you what know, about look, you? yeah, what? for me, man, yeah. I mean, look, I, I really my where my heart is is media. Yeah, you know, and really harnessing the power of all these things that I've been doing into a, a stronger media opportunity, whether mm. that's hosting my own show, wow, you know, or something like that. Yeah,
1: exclusive, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's the dream. You right. heard it here first. Yeah, wow, that would be incredible. Yeah,
2: yeah. So you know, like we, I just did a thing uh, here at Global United um, where I was, I basically hosted a conversation with Andre Whitfield, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know it was powerful. I did the same thing at Essence uh, with our wives where they were there, and uh, and so I, I really loved that because I've had so much of an experience wow. in entertainment, in ministry with people that to bring all that together. Uh, it's something I'm very passionate about. And that's that's a dream of mine to figure out what that looks like. I don't yeah. know, but that's where I'm going. I'm going to media because people come to me every day. Wow, every day. Thank you for what you're doing on social media. Your prayers, your inspiration, your information are helping my life, and they want it daily. They want more of it. So mm. I think there's a real need. Wow. to figure something out like that. Wow, what that is,
1: I don't know. Right, so wait to see <laughs> the Devon Franklin show. Bam, there it is. <laughs> Coming to you. Coming to, you come to your soon. living room
2: soon. But that that
1: would seriously be incredible. Yeah, thank you. you I'm need excited to about it. that. Okay. You're going, well, you're right. Going, you're saying it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to, I want to. Okay. Touch All head, right. right. <laughs> uh, uh. Um, last question, men. Yes, you you've got a message for men right yes. now. Yes. Is there another book coming? And if there is, you know, what's your message right yeah. now? To so men? the message yeah. to
2: men right now. I have a book out. Book out called "The Truth About Men." Yep. What men and women need to know. That's right. And the truth about men is that every man has a master and a dog in them. Master is love the dog is lust. Yeah, and for us to be the men we were called to be we yeah. have to master the dog within We have to put love in control of lust love is selfless mm. lust is selfish mm. Lust is is more than just a desire for sex or women um, You know, it's basically a desire for selfish fulfillment Whatever that fulfillment may be it puts self over anything else mm. and when we operate in lust We become what that lust makes us mm. which I believe uh, we aren't dogs, but we can behave like one, which right. is, you know, a dog only wants pleasure for pleasure. Right. It resists discipline, right? It only wants its needs met. And when we as men give ourselves over lust, that's how we become. We only seek pleasure for pleasure's sake. Yeah. We only want life on our terms. Uh, we, we don't communicate. Mm-hmm. We, we are aggressors. Yeah. And so uh, in this book, I talk about here's how we can become the master. Here's how we can become that love that we have. Here's how we do it. We do it through communication. We do it through being honest. We do it through, you know, understanding that, yo, uh, if, I'm, if I'm silent, I'm going, I'm going to suffer. Mm. I have to talk. As a man, we have to talk. You know, not every man has it, we don't have it all together. And it's okay to admit that I'm in a war. I'm in a war between my spirit and my flesh. And, that, and I wrote the book. I didn't write the book from like, hey, here's how you can do it. I'm like, yo, here's how I'm working on this. I married one of the most beautiful women in the world. Didn't take the dog away. Right, it's dogs right there every day, every day, man. That lust is right there. Right. So, right. so, but, but too often, one of the reasons I wrote this book is too often, in the church, we we are we are breeding a culture of liars, mm. of of people that that you you talk about when people say oh the actors in Hollywood, but at least you know they're acting right. In the church, there's there's more acting going on in the church than there is in Hollywood. Woo. And don't nobody know when you're calling action or cut. It's the truth. You're going in. And that's why I wrote the book. You're going in. Because especially as men in the church, we're not being truthful. We're not being honest. And the church no longer is a place where you can say, yo, I'm struggling. Because what happens? You admit you're struggling. You got to sit down. You got to sit down. You're going to be vilified. You're going to be judged. Don't so, be imperfect. Don't be imperfect. Everyone's got to preach. <laughs> but Where? Where in the Bible does it say "present an image of perfection"? No, Jesus says, "In your weakness, I am made strong." strong." I'm strong. Period. Yes. So I wrote this book because playtime is over. We got to start building more accountability, more authenticity, and more truth in our culture. Why are people leaving the church? It's not because of Jesus. People love Jesus, but they can't find the truth in the church because everybody acting like we got it together. We don't. We all struggle. That isn't, that's not to condone the struggle but it's to admit yo it's here mm. we are spirit and flesh mm-hmm. and they war every day and it's okay to admit yes i'm i'm a i'm holy i want to be holy but yo i struggle mm-hmm. and just by admitting it we give ourselves power to, to 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 conquer it so that's the book and that's the message I'm passionate about I
1: gotta ask you this we're done I gotta ask you this we're done yes what does the future of the
2: church look like? With that being said, Here, here's the future of the church. Come here's on, the future of the to church. To us, here's please. the future of the church. It's two paths. One, if we continue on the path that we're on, the church will go the way of the eight track. <laughs> it once was the only way that people knew, hmm. but now mm-hmm. it's so outdated mm-hmm. That most don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. Or we can say, okay, how do we begin to mirror? We, people, people forget Christianity was not a religion. It was a movement. Mm. What was the movement based upon? An ex- personal experience with Christ. Mm. And, and how, did, how is this message still alive today? Because those that knew Christ going all the way back had such a transformative experience they kept talking about it. The Roman Empire tried to kill it. They couldn't kill it. So what they do? They said, we got to co-opt this religion because mm. we they didn't even know what to call it. Mm. All these people following this guy who's dead, who said that he was raised from, that he, who died, who said that he raised from the dead. We can't stop him from worshiping. Mm. We can't stop him from saying his name. Mm. So we better join them because whatever they experience they're having is so powerful that even when we kill them, More come to the church. More come to follow him. Mm. So to me, the future can be getting back to our roots. Mm. Getting back to expressing an authentic experience because we're having an authentic experience with him. And what is that authentic experience? It's truth. Mm. It's love. Mm. It's passion. And it's no judgment. Mm. And when we get there, the church not only will survive, it'll thrive. We, we can tarry until he comes when we do that. But if we keep making people live in a box Come where on. they are judged, they're not loved. Hmm. We, because we're, we're no longer the generation where do what I told you to do we, and we do it. That's not that generation anymore. So This generation is like, why? Help me understand. Hmm. And when we don't break down the relevance of a relationship with Christ personally, and we only focus on the religion to me, religion is the vehicle to God and to Jesus, right? We worship the vehicle instead of worshiping the destination. And if we teach the vehicle worship, it's going to, the car's going to get outdated. Mm. But when we talk about the destination and here's why it's relevant, that's why I do everything I do. Because I can talk to somebody like, yo, here's why it's relevant to have a relationship with Jesus. Here's why it's important to have faith. Everything you see me do, I'm doing it because I'm using my faith. My relationship with him is opening these doors. I am a governor. This next year, I am a governor for the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences. The most influential uh, body of people in all of Hollywood. That's right. You see the Oscars? Yep. The Oscars, behind the Oscars, there's a, a board of governors that help chart the course of the academy and the industry at large. The, 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 the head of the academy said, we need Devon Franklin as a governor at large. You do know I'm Christian. <laughs> yes, you do know I'm black. Yes, we need you. It's never happened before. Mm. There's, it's never happened. Why is this important? Because we want to put Jesus over here in a box instead of saying, okay, how do we open him and open ourselves? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us but we can't put it in a box. We have to wear these things. We have to wear this relationship in a way that is real and that people can see it. We don't live in a tell me generation. We live in a show me generation. So when you see my life, I want you to see the success. And then you say, well, how's it happening? Oh, because you're connected to Jesus. This is what Christians look like. Oh, it's not a can't do religion. It's not a can't do relationship. It's a can do. I want that. Mm. Jesus could have chosen any way to reach people, any way. What did he do? Predominantly, in addition to instruction and teaching, mm-hmm. he performed miracles because people need to see Minds it. And wonders. People need to see it. So for us as believers, for other people to be compelled to know him, we have to be the billboard. And it's not going to be about what, what I say. People want to see it. How are you living? How is your success? What is your life like? Wow. So that's what it looks like to be a Christian, to have peace, Mm. to have success, to have influence. Sign me up. If we can do that,
1: the church will survive. Here's the promise I'm making to you. Yes. I'm pushing this interview all around the world. (laughs) All right. It's the promise I'm making. I mark my words. Yes. It's going to be all around the world. All right. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. Can you pray for the church Yeah, and for of course. us? Absolutely. And we're done. Absolutely.
2: You. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you to the Lord uh, right now. You said we're two or three are gathered. You'd be in our midst. So thank you for being in our midst. We pray for every single viewer, every single listener right now. Let them know that this is a divine appointment. This isn't just something they randomly stumbled on or turned on to. This was yes. a divine appointment. Something in their spirit told them, you were drawing them, dear Lord, to watch this. Why? Because something that was said, you needed them to know. Hmm. And here's what I want them to know through this prayer, that they are loved, Yes. that you care about them. Yes. There's an incredible purpose for their life. And if they would just get closer to you, you will bring them closer to everything they dream about. Hmm. It all starts with you. Let us never chase the thing that's in your hand at the expense of going for your hand. Give us your hand, Lord. I want everyone listening to this prayer to know that your hand is available to them. Thank you, Jesus. And for them to reach out and grab it and never let it go. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to A Greater Story with Sam Collier and the incredible (laughs) Devon Franklin. Look out for his new network television. Uh, There we go. We're speaking it. I'm speaking it now. That's right. And remember this, when your story connects to God's story, it leads to a greater story. We'll Amen. talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: Just for me Maybe does you've closed Just for me Sometimes you will say no So I'll be self I Could I-
2: Listening to A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five star review. A Greater Story with your host, Sam Collier. Distributed by American Urban Radio Networks.